Mike Goldberg, the voice of Bellator MMA on Spike. Join us right now for MMA FanCast. And we are back. It is another episode of MMA FanCast. We're so happy to have you here with us. I'm Jim, joined by Jim. I'm joined by Jim Sahara Mooney. And today we have a special episode. We are going to really focus, and this is a, a, an episode that's all about Bellator 186. It's a big card here in Western Pennsylvania. We have all kind of talent from the area on this card that'll take place in State College, Pennsylvania, at the Bryce Jordan Center, home of the Penn State Nittany Lions, the number two ranked college football team in all of the land. Ladies and gentlemen, we are, you can hear it. Marshall. Marshall. I mean, it, it, what a season they are having and what a time. Anyway, so on to more important things and things that are relevant um, and that people actually want to hear about, um, which is not Penn State. The only thing that they want to hear about with State in it is Bellator 186, Bryce Jordan Center, State College, Pennsylvania. State College, not Penn State College. They don't care about Penn State. Let's just get to talking about Bellator 186. What What do you think out there in podcast land? I heard yes from all over the place. Ryan Bader will be defending his newly gained light heavyweight championship. and He, he won it in exciting, exciting fashion. Um, that was sarcasm via Jim Sahara Mooney. It was it was one in pretty much the most boring. Okay, so anyone who's ever wondering, hey, I wonder <laughs> what it would look like for Phil Davis and Ryan Bader to fight. Well, they had the chance to see that in when the, both fighters were in the UFC, and it was a snooze fest. So what do we say? You know what? If it was a five-round fight, we just needed it again. We just needed more of it. So Bellator has, you know, Bader make his debut and get an immediate title shot against Phil Davis and another snooze fest. But however, Ryan Bader is not a snooze fest fighter, and neither is Phil Davis independently. However, together they make for uh, a snooze but okay so we have bader and linton vassal who will headline that card alama lay mcfarland who we saw live and in person at bellator 178 in uncasville at the casino out there uh she will be facing emily decody 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 Ducati. Ducati, yeah. Oh, of course. But you are the one to go to when it comes to mispronunciations. No, not you. Zach Freeman versus Saeed Awad. Not Ryan Mydleton. Phil Davis versus Leo Leite, who's undefeated, by the way. 
and a very, very talented guy. Although he's fighting up, he used to be a middleweight, um, and now he's moved to late heavyweight. Might have been tired of making that that weight cut. And then we start getting into um, some some Western Pennsylvania fighters. Chris Dempsey on the card. He's spent some time in the UFC, and he fights against a young up and comer uh, from. Penn State University, uh, national uh, national champion wrestler Ed Ruth, an All American rather, All American. He might have been the national champion. I don't, I don't remember. Um, so Ed Ruth is three and zero. All of his fights coming in Bellator. That'll be a tough fight for both those guys. Um, Ed Ruth obviously facing a guy with much more experience, and and Chris Dempsey fighting a guy who. Um, has a so so much potential and athletic ability and we have a bunch of guys this is a card that you know western pennsylvania fans and i and i wrote about this in in at octagon247.com you know bellator with this card is really taking advantage of the location they're at and, they're, and they've done a nice job to really balance the difference between a fighter um you know a, a, a fights that the that the fans want to see on that are watching on television as an undercard that is stocked with fighters that the fans want to see that are in person and i think that's the really unique thing about this card that bellator has done that ufc didn't even try to do when they just came to pittsburgh recently they didn't, they didn't put any pittsburgh guys on the card and that's what you know people want to see their own their hometown and there are there are fighters from Pittsburgh worthy of being on, you know, a UFC card. Yeah, they made no connection whatsoever. Um, and I'm talking about UFC. They, they, it's like they, they didn't promote locally. They didn't reach out to any local uh, fight camps or uh, gyms and really push the product. It ended up being a great night, um, but. You know, attendance-wise, the gate, the live gate, um, and the attraction on TV, I, I think, suffered because of what seemed to be their lack of interest. You know, could be wrong on this, but going back to what you said, Ryan, and, uh, you know, what we put out on Octagon247.com, Bellator is doing it right um, with this card. And there are so many fighters who will bring a following just because of local connection. Absolutely. And so you take a look at this card and you look at guys who will, um, who have that local connection. You start with Chris Dempsey. This isn't even mentioning Ed Ruth and Phil Davis are both Penn State wrestling studs, superstars, all Americans, and they're both on this card. But you have Chris Dempsey, you have uh, Josh Fremd, you have Ethan Goss, who comes from us from just outside of uh, our area in, in Altoona, which is about uh, almost a little more than halfway to Penn State um, from Pittsburgh. Um, you have Francis Healy, who's a uh, Pittsburgh guy. You have Mike Wilkins, who's a Pittsburgh guy. And you have another guy that we are going to be joined by in just a short period of time, Dominic Mazzotta. And also, 
we have another guest today, Jim. Ethan. Were you aware of that? Uh, I am. We have Ethan Goss, who will also be joining us a little later on the program. We're going to spend a lot of time with these two guys and, and, and talk about their camp and just learn about, learn about who these guys are and, and, uh, and have some fun with them. So one of the fights that, uh, that I just wanted to, I don't know, give a little shout out to for my son, who right now is, he's at a camp um, with his school. He's in fifth grade and uh, every year, fifth graders um, in the school district that he um, is a part of, they take uh, the fifth graders up to um, Stoystown, uh, like Shanksville area, 9-11 Memorial. And they, uh, they spend uh, almost a week up there. But, um, you know, I talked to Jake about this a while ago, and he wanted to make sure that I said something um, on the podcast. And that is that um, Jake's uh, instructor, his, uh, his BJJ instructor used to be – he's taking a little bit of time off now that I'm talking about Jake. But his uh, BJJ instructor was Mike Wilkins, who is, uh, who's fighting on the card. So he uh, wanted to make sure that I said hi, hi to Mike. Um, say hi to him in person and that, that that Jake is definitely pulling for him that's great and so yeah we'll, we will uh, just looking ahead to the Bellator 186 card I, I think it's a card that a lot of people can get excited about I think that um, you know especially for people that love MMA in this area in this uh, neck of the woods um, to have the talent that is on here from this state, and particularly for us from Western Pennsylvania, even extending over. And ladies and gentlemen, we have one such fighter <laughs> joining us right now. He is wearing his Octagon 24-7 shirt. Folks, this is Dominic Mazzotta. Hey, Dom, how you doing, buddy? What's up, cuz? I'm doing great, man. Never better. Great. Um, can I get you to do one thing and just turn your uh, phone? So, there we go. Beautiful. Yeah. That's perfect. So, Dom, we're, we're 10 days out from, uh, from your 135 uh, debut in Bellator. And uh, I know that this whole area is excited. How are you feeling? Um, how's, how's camp going? All that good stuff. I'm feeling great. I never felt better. I... Um been preparing more than I ever have. I just actually got back from Florida. I was training in Florida for 10 days at Hard Knocks MMA. Hard Knocks 5. Got some great work in with, you know, the highest level guys that you can find in MMA. And I'm prepared. That's great. That's great. So, um, I did see you were you were doing some training with uh, some some guys that you know, fans worldwide know Michael Johnson. You spent some time uh, rolling with him. How, how did that go? How did uh, how was Michael Johnson? Oh, Mike is an awesome guy, man. He uh, everyone that down there embraced me real well. Henry Hooft is the um, is kickboxing instructor down there, and he's a guy that I've really been admiring in the uh, kickboxing world for a long time. And now he's been training a lot of high level MMA fighters, and he's doing a great job. I got to like a couple times for a couple hours at a time, and, you know, getting that high level work in 
is, is it's always good. You know, it's always good to reach out, get high level work in. Not only do you get to, um, you know, learn some stuff, but you get to also see where you, where you stand in, um, as far as your skill set. And I'm right there with all them guys, man. So was there anything surprising to you? Um, uh, somewhere where you thought maybe, Hey, uh, I'm not sure I'm tested here. And, and you realized, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just as quick or, or somewhere where you thought, Hey, I might, I might fall short here that you said, wow, I, I'm actually covered there. You know, I always been, um, you know, pretty confident in my, uh, my grappling and in my wrestling. And I always, always, you know, believed that it was top notch in the world. And it just, it just pretty much confirmed what I always thought and confirmed what we teach at the map factory that it works and that we're doing the right. That's cool. Actually, Jim and I were, were talking prior to recording. Jim wants to talk to a little bit about, um, about your shirt today. Yeah. So I, we have, um, Octagon 24-7 actually has spotters um, similar to like TMZ, um, but on a smaller scale, local scale. And one of our spotters had um, picked up your location in Bridgeville. And, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah and um, you're saying <laughs> that it might have been Bunyan related. Is there no, anything? Yeah, I had a, uh, you know, uh, I had an ingrown tone now. I don't like to, you know, go on grow. <laughs> out but uh, I had an ingrown toe now and the funny thing about it is uh, I get them I get them a lot I get them every few months I haven't had them for about a year a year and a half but uh, it's kind of like a good luck charm for me every time I've ever gotten one and I've had to get one removed close to the fight I finished the fight so I'm excited that uh, it happened and um, yeah I was there there in Bridgeville getting getting it removed I had to represent you know, had to represent our Bridgeville. So we actually weren't surprised that you were wearing the Octagon 24-7 shirt because, you know, some someone told us you were wearing it today. Yeah, you know, I uh, last time you that you interviewed <laughs> me, you kind of uh, got in. Um, well, that's because your coach was was he he played right into it. He had his Octagon 24-7 shirt on. And that was exciting for us. Well, I can't let my coach show me up, you know what I mean? So I have to, you know, I always have to follow his lead. So I had to put it on for you guys. Well done. Hey, we have um, a fun, like, bunch of questions for you. So um, we're just going to roll right into that, if that's cool with you. Go ahead. All right. So how did you get the uh, the initial call from Bellator? How did all that transpire and and, and was there a decision process or was it an automatic yes? Or how did that kind of happen? For uh, the last fight? Like yeah, for your, for your first fight. Yeah, because you signed a four-fight deal, right? Um, I signed a three-fight deal. And then um, this this fight was, uh, I think this is an extension fight to it. But, um, you know, a, a guy contacted me. He was like, hey, there's a fight coming up against this short notice fight. And uh, I was kind of frustrated waiting for the UFC and waiting to see if something happened. And I was always, you know, had Bellator in my mind. And I was always, you know, whoever paid me, I don't care if it was 1FC, I don't care if it was Joe Schmo Promotions, whoever got the money to pay me, um, I'm going to fight for him. So it just so happened it was the number two organization in the world. 
And of course, you know, the numbers are right. They came in at, um, they came in with a one fight deal. And then whenever I agreed to it, they ended up making a three fight deal. So, you know, and uh, obviously the first fight didn't go how I wanted it to, to but this fight, um, I think this is a good matchup for me. So after this, I got a couple more fights and I'm, and I'm going to keep rolling it, rolling on at Bantamweight. Yeah, how did your how did your experience go with um, the local scene promoters here in Pittsburgh with Gladiators of the Cage and and Pinnacle? How how did um, how was your experience with those guys? Um, awesome. I had always you know there's always ups and downs you know, but um, with Pinnacle, I really felt like it was more of a partnership. You know, he um, always we always good on ticket sales he gave me a good ticket sale promotion or uh, percentage and you know I, uh, I always if he needed if we needed to work out my contract you know it was always a fight by fight basis thing so we always uh, always negotiated and you know I, I'd sacrifice sometimes he would sacrifice sometimes Matt Layshock, um he, he did a great job putting on exciting fights he always got me the fights I wanted there wasn't a time where I called Matt and was like and this is the fight I wanted, and he didn't make it happen, you know. So every fight that I wanted it, that I wanted, or anybody that I ever thought that I uh, needed to fight, you know, he he made it happen. Um, I was with Gladiators of the Cage earlier in my uh, in my career, and they were great too. Um, at some point, there was a little bit of a change, um, and stuff kind of got shaky with us, but. Um, you know, Robert Joseph is a great guy, and I don't even know. I don't know sure if they're doing promotions anymore or not, but you know, I would recommend anybody um, on the local scene fighting for them too. Um, yeah, they were fair so, to me. So I had a good experience regionally. I've I was uh, one of the few people that could actually make a living um, fighting regionally. That's great. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, how did you get Honey Badger? That's your that's your nickname. How did that come about? Um, I was showing it to, uh, there was a video that I showed to about a honey badger that I showed in my jujitsu class. And they kind of just, you know, said that I'm a honey badger and they started <laughs> calling me. That. It just kind of stuck with me and it's catchy. So, you know, I'm a crazy honey badger. I never really gave, you know, not that I don't give a crap or anything like that about certain issues, but, you know, I was always kind of the, you know, jump in first and see how deep the water is after, you know, type of person. So, you know, it, it fits well for me. Okay. So um, while we're on the subject of Honey Badger, um, you know, some people might take on that persona and maybe don a costume. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, we do have spotters um, in the Pittsburgh area. And, um <laughs> we were passed some information that you were in uh, Pittsburgh Mills at the uh, Spirit Halloween store this past <laughs> weekend. So what, uh, what did you go in there for? Um, and are you going trick-or-treating? And, and did you, did you, if you bought something, it's time to reveal um, your Halloween costume. Um, no, I didn't. I went in there for my nephews um he wanted to be a train conductor so we got him an outfit but i should have you know i didn't even think about it i should have looked for a honey badger 
um, costume. I'm sure that they they had one. That would have been cool. But uh, no, I don't. I don't have any plans for Halloween. I just, I just right now have plans to kick butt on November third. You know, my friends. There's gonna be plenty of Halloweens I can go out to and dress up as a honey badger or whatever I want. And uh, you know, my friends can enjoy this one without me. So, um, your what's your what's your normal walkout music? Do you have a a, a specific walkout song? No, I actually change it every every time. Oh, you do? Okay. And and do you know what you're going out to for 186? Yeah, it's um I usually do a uh, 90s hip hop, 90s early 2000s hip hop song that has nothing to do with fighting or anything like you know. But this song, I was gonna come out to Gangstar. Who Got Guns featuring M.O.P. and Fat Joe. But for this one, I think I've switched it to uh, Most Deaf Sunshine, produced by Kanye West. So does Bellator give you free reign over whatever your entry music is? Yeah, I mean, you have to, uh, it has to be clean, and you have to you know, uh, run it by them. They have to um, check it out first, but... Do, do they have to get permission from uh, from the they artists have, of the group? I don't think they have to get permission, but uh, but you have they they have to you have to give it to them first, you know. But I last time I came out to uh, Craig Mack, Flavor in Your Ear, and Biggie Smalls is on that. Um, and the last time I lost a fight, I came out to Biggie too. So there's not gonna be no more no more Biggie. No <laughs> You're more done with Biggie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. So here's a fun question. If you could beat up one celebrity or fight one celebrity, you're going to obviously beat them up, but who would that, <laughs> who would that famous person be that you would just love to just deck? Oh man. If I could beat up one celebrity, it can be just someone who annoys you. Ground and pound, uh, rear naked choke, you know, whatever. Yeah. And how would it be? What would the finish be? If I could beat up one celebrity, it would be Conor McGregor. <laughs> That's a good call. Yeah, I he mean, does have celebrity status. Now, but no, he, out of the fight game, um, um, I never really thought about that. No one's ever asked me that question. Let me think for a second. You know what? Ask me some more questions. I'll think we'll, about we'll, it. Yeah, we'll go back to that. Okay. Um, how much of a you you mentioned Connor? How much of a fan of MMA are you? Like, are you a dude that's like watching everything, or you know, is it like big shows, or you don't really watch it? Where are you at? I've watched every single UFC since UFC. That's awesome. So I'm a huge fan. Fan first. Now I is know- that fight nights too? You've watched? Uh, no, I mean I miss a fight night here and there. You yeah, know, I might miss I might miss pay per view here and there, but um, I'll always you know go back and at least watch the main event or if it's a big fight or a crazy fight I'll watch it. But um, you know, it started from when I was a kid. My dad had you know one of those black boxes they still we still cable with. I think channel nineteen was Playboy and channel uh, twenty one was HBO. There was only three channels in there, and like I think channel twenty was pay per view, and that's what they played the UFC's on and. I was into martial arts as a kid. I did Taekwondo. And I used to watch my huge Bruce Lee fan, huge Chuck Norris fan, huge John Claude Dan- Claude Van Damme fan, you know, and 
I remember, I remember it was like, it was yesterday, you know, I was coming down the stairs. And my dad was like, hey, Don, you got to come check us out. These guys are crazy. And I was a big fan of Mike Tyson, too, at the time. And he, he's like, come, come watch us. These, they're saying that these guys can beat up Mike. I'm just like, you guys can't beat Mike up. I was like, you're out of your mind. And I sat down and watched it. And once I watched Hoist Grace, you know, taking on these big guys and destroying them, I was like, wow, that was like, it's, it's pretty interesting. You know, I was still, still, you know, was a fan, a bigger fan of boxing at the time, but uh, it very, it interested me a lot. And it was cool to see guys in the, in the geese that in the uniforms that I was wearing, we call them in Taekwondo, do, do box. Um, it was cool to see that. And uh, it really, you know, made me, instantly made me a fan and it was always something that I wanted to do. It always kept me um, interested in martial arts. That's awesome. So you mentioned uh, Hoist Gracie. Uh, so I know you've met Hoist. When was the first time you met him? And was that a surreal experience or? I met him at the fights last time was the first time I met him. Okay. Uh, did you meet him there? I did. I did. Yeah, I interviewed him that, there. That was the first time I met him. It was pretty cool, man. I, I, I didn't get to talk to him too much, but I, went, I said hi to him and got a picture with him and stuff. And yeah, I asked him about you. Yeah? Yeah, I, I asked him. I said, uh, what do you think of, you know, Dominic Mazzotta and, and AJ McKee? And he's like, I'm familiar with both those guys, and that should be a great fight. And, and uh, That's yeah, cool. so – so you mentioned um, growing up that uh, that you were um, into wrestling and, uh, and you know other forms of mixed martial arts. Um, so if you could choose, um, if you weren't into MMA, um, what else would you be doing, or would you be doing another sport, team sport, an individual sport? If I was big enough, if I was big enough, I would be going after the WWE Championship of the World. Okay, there's there's no question in my mind, you know. In, in my mind, I'm I'm the world champion, you know. So, um, I, I'm huge. Not so much anymore. It's kind of you know watered down a little bit. But wrestling is professional wrestling is the top. Well, you know, top of the list for me, man. You, Tom, you know what you got to do if to be to make it to the top of the WWE, right? Steroids. Well, that, but, <laughs> but you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to promote. You gotta yeah. be able to. So, so you got this fight coming up at, at Bellator 186, and you're fighting uh, uh, Matt Lozano. Um, sell it. Is this like the final? Is this, are we done with the interview? No, no, we got plenty of questions. I just thought since we were talking about it, you were talking about WWE, we would throw this. Uh, promo in the middle or you want to wait till the end i mean usually wait till the end right all right we'll wait till the end we'll, we'll do that i i can wait oh, so, last time macho man what's that yeah that's right yeah you did macho man last time yeah. yeah can you can you top that hopefully that if i win this fight i'll top <laughs> once i win Fight will be top, but yeah, I can, I can, I'll do a little bit more. Uh, since you caught me off guard last time, I knew you were gonna, I knew you were gonna come. <laughs> That's good. Well, at least I, you know, I, I, I don't let you down when, you know, you've kind of prepared for something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it to you. So, um, so when you were, you mentioned, uh, 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 Grace Gracie. Who else? Growing up, you're watching MMA. You know, you got 
you know, your Tito's and stuff. Who, who else other than Hoist were you a, a big fan of and, and did you kind of try to emulate? Um, you know, I was always a big fan of Ken Shamrock growing up. You know, um, my, my love for him kind of died down later on, you know, but um, once I kind of find out the personality that he has. But uh, hold on, let me uh, turn Blippi off the screen here, my nephew. I'm at my sister's house and my <laughs> nephew's be on TV. That's, a, so. that's a good good view. Octagon. That's, that's a nice shirt. Yeah. That is a great shirt. It's comfy too, huh? Yeah. Um. Well, so, uh, growing up, yeah, Ken Shamrock was I was a huge fan, and then you know it turned into uh, you know Shogun was 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 in Pride, Shogun Rampage. Those guys, I was always you know big fans of those guys. You know, grow, you know Dan Severn. Um, you know, I liked, um, um, the, uh, what was that dude's name, uh, dude with the big nose? You know, Vitor Belfort was always my favorite growing up, too, but, uh, what was that, that, that crazy guy? I forget his name. Uh, what, what, around what, um, era? He was in the prize. He used to be like, I'm the best. I'm the best. <laughs> um. He was something. He said was he something. a white guy or black guy? Yeah, white guy, white guy. I mean, Kevin Randleman, I always liked him. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, everyone. I, I didn't have, you know, any, you know, once they fought each other, I, I always watched them. I didn't really root against anybody. It was kind of new. The sport was kind of mm -hmm. new. They only had they only had events every so often. So, you know, I was you always were – you weren't really rooting for one specific person. You were kind of rooting for just awesome fights to happen. So, did you watch during like the dark days where yeah. you know before Zufa? Yeah, yeah. See, because for me, I, I watched it really early on when it was like on pay per view, and then there was a period where it like you had to like be searching for it to find it, and I I didn't. Yeah, yeah that I kind of fell off. So whenever we were younger, like the, the first few UFCs, those are the ones I watched when they were on pay-per-view when we were still on cable and stuff. And then, um, and then I fell off for a little bit whenever I was in middle school and then, you know, through high school, I jumped back on the wagon. Yeah. And I, I think when, when, when I kind of jumped back on the wagon was when, you know, Zufa bought it and then the ultimate fighter came out and then, and then I went back and caught up on all the, all the old stuff. Yeah. Missed. Um, so I said, I, uh, we were talking, Jim and I were talking before the, before we came on uh, and we said, um, I, I mentioned the question, if you weren't an athlete, what would you be doing? You want to know what Jim Sahara Mooney said after I said what, that? What makes him think he's an athlete? <laughs> what? Did he just say that? Dom, I say, he said, that, what makes you think he's an athlete? Me? Yeah, he said that about you. Well, I mean, I am a, I am an athlete. I am a professional athlete, so that would make me an athlete. But other than that, <laughs> other than being, remind me, to, remind me to, I don't know, do a backflip for him next time. No, I say you just beat him unmercifully. I do those routinely. <laughs> um, can you? Uh, can you still see your feet? <laughs> I can. <laughs> was that for me or him? <laughs> Just checking. That was nice. So I can't touch them, though. Uh, as you asked that question, 
So have you ever been Hollywooded by an MMA guy? Like uh, another fighter? What do you mean? Like, uh, like, like he just thought he was too, too good for you. Like he just shrugged you off. Like didn't give you the time of day. That kind of jerk. Like, like was a jerk to you. No, no, no. Too many. There's not too many uh, UFC fighters or MMA fighters that are like that. You know, we're constantly humbled whether you're good, whether you're best in the world. You know, if you're not being humbled in the gym in the sport, then you're uh, then you're probably not with the people that you need to be with. So, you know, everyone in this sport is pretty humble. Actually, I was uh, I was uh, in London cornering Chris Dempsey. We were checking in the hotel one time, and I just. I was sitting there with Chris, and I seen Anderson Silva, you know, sitting there waiting for his hotel room too. And I'm like, Chris, I was like, oh, I want to go talk to him. And he, he gets so mad whenever I do stuff. When I would do stuff like that, he'd be like, honestly, don't want me to be like, just find it. Just do it. Do it. You won't even do it. You know, you just sit there and talk about it, but you won't even do it. So I was like, all right. So I went up and talked to Anderson Silva. I said, hey, uh, Mr. Silva, I was like, this is right in the hotel lobby. I was like, hey, uh, I'm having trouble with my front kick. I was like, can you, can you help me? He goes, no problem, no problem. Stands up and he grabs my leg and pushes my knee to my chest and goes, you know, he goes, you need to take your knee to chest, chamber better, chamber better, and straight up. And he's taking my chest and my, or my knee and my foot and moving it back and forth. And I'm just sitting there like sweating bullets. I'm like, oh my God, this is Eric Silva. This is really happening, you know? And um, that, was a, that was a pretty surreal experience. That was probably the most uh, starstruck I've been. In, in the MMA world, but no, I haven't really had anybody really, uh, you know, be too bougie with me. Um, everybody, yeah. especially like in the gym, you know, if they know you, you know, I just walked in the gym where there was, you know, UFC, a gym full of UFC fighters and everybody welcomed me with open arms. So what about from, um, from that viewpoint, sitting on the couch and you're watching an event, whether it's Bellator or uh, UFC, um, any guys that you think are over the top and, you know, should tone it down or, you know, they just. No, um, like even I met Conor McGregor in, in Ireland and uh, I went up to him, talked to him. He was, he was cool, you know, real humble, real cool guy, you know? So, I mean, you don't even, you know, even Mayweather, I know people that know Mayweather and he's even a humble guy, you know, it's just a persona that we are put on, you know, AJ McKee is a totally different person off air than he is on air. You know, and um, you know, so it, it whatever these guys gonna do to sell tickets, I don't hold that against them. You know, that's the persona that they want to portray, just to, you know, to make their money. That's what they gotta do. You know, so no, I don't think uh, no one really, no. You know, I I know that's it's just like professional wrestling. You know, it's the guys that can sell themselves, it's the guys that are gonna make the money. It's not the guys in the ring that have the uh, the ability. It's the guys that can. I mean, in this, you have to have both, but, uh, you know, no, I don't hold that against anybody. Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, I, I always say that the worst thing that you can do in this business is for have people be indifferent towards you, for, for people not to care. It, look, you look at – it's even better to be hated than people not to care about you. Great to be hated in this. Sport. Yeah, I mean, your Tito's, your Bisping has been hated his whole career. I've always been a fan of Bisping. Bisping's been hated his whole career, and now look at him. Yep, and but, I've paid in the league. Yep, but when people are indifferent towards you, you're not putting butts in seats, and you're not, uh, you know, you, you you can't just rely on being. People are going to watch for two things. They're going to watch to see you either win 
or they're going to watch to see you lose. If they don't, if they hate you, they're going to want to see you lose. If they love you, they're going to want to see you win. So if they, if they are indifferent, they don't care for you, then they're not going to watch you. Correct. Yep. And that's what I hear. I hear a lot of guys complaining about money and, and they're guys that don't like do the media stuff. They don't show a lot of personality. They don't do that. And I'm like, well, that's why. Honest, it's not fun. Like it's not fun to do media, you know, especially whenever there's fights coming up, there's not, it's not great. It, you know, especially whenever you're on the main card, like them guys, you know, when I, I was doing, you know, you know, four hours of interviews a day for, for Bellator. And then you got to be here and there and them guys, they got to fly on, they're going to fly this press conference, fly to that press conference. You know, yeah. it's the funnest thing in the world. Dude. Yeah. But if, if you want to make money in the sport and you want to be relevant, then you have to. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I don't like talking to you guys. I don't like you. I don't like either of you guys. I mean, I just well, know. That. <laughs> we, we know. We know you don't. I mean, you make. I, I like you guys a lot. You guys are good. You guys are good people. You guys come up with good questions. It's always fun talking to you guys. So I got another question. Ryan and I were talking about this just before you uh, came on. Uh, Ryan's, you know, married with a wife and uh, kids. I'm married with a wife and kids and married life is, is tough. Um, But when I look out into like social media and things that are going on out there and um, you know, I've got nieces and nephews that are single now, it's not a life that I would want to be in right now single and and maybe trying to you know the dating scene getting involved in that is is there somebody that you're dating now or is there maybe a girl in state college that might be able to um turn your head her way um you know what uh or is that something that you know you you want to uh not have our spotters no i got a girlfriend (laughs) girlfriend i got i got a good beautiful girlfriend i met it i met somebody that uh, i couldn't be more happy with and i don't care you know if 10 girls come up to me the college girls with their you know body parts <laughs> i wouldn't jump on them you know and i've been in relationships that uh i i i would have done that no matter what we wouldn't even have to be beautiful but you know um it isn't easy anymore you know i i was engaged and i this this sport is it's a hard sport you know it kind of was one of the reasons why um it didn't work out with us but i couldn't be happier now and i'm thankful that it didn't work out so you know and in this sport you definitely got to find if you're in the sport you got to find somebody that um that that understands how the sport works and understands what you go through in the sport so my girlfriend um she she is actually comes from a fighter family and so she gives me she makes it a lot easier for me and she understands you know what i need as a man and and you know she knows that the space i need and and this, she knows you know i'm not going to be up talking to her every night until two in the morning and you know so you know you just got to be able to find the right person no matter what what you're going through in life or what your profession is but yeah with the tinder and social media and everything like that it's it's tough now well dom you're you're a heartthrob i mean i have i have i have have girls that um i know you know we have a a babysitter that that saw your picture and she's like wow he's cute and i'm like what do you he looks like he's 12 what are you talking about (laughs) 
<laughs> that's good. You know what I mean? They, they stay young. They stay look, young. You know. Look at that. Look, but smile on him. It's like forty. I'll look thirty. When I'm thirty, I look twenty. You know, a couple of years ago, I, I looked you know seventeen. So, you know, I'm I'm thankful that I got good genes and I can still I can still uh, pull off the. I usually get about twenty three whenever I'm out at the out at the bar or something. I usually get. Um, 22 23 so i'm lucky yeah. in that area yeah um okay so we we, we don't have many more questions for you we've kept you for a while and we appreciate your time we want i want to go back to the question of if there's a celebrity you've been able to um think of a real celebrity that you'd beat up not i mean conor mcgregor is but he's also an Bill, yeah, maybe a political scene Bill or Belichick, movie star I no. Oh, yes, oh, yes. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That was yeah. awesome. Bill Belichick. That's, yeah. That's a perfect And guess. Tom Brady at the same time. If I... Okay, now let me ask you this. Would you take a cage fight against a handicapped cage fight with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at once versus you? It's, and it's, I'd pay to do that. I would pay. There's, they can split the, the purse and – I'll, I'll pay. I'll just take the sponsorship money. <laughs> That's great. Um, okay. La last thing. Are, you got a, a big fight? Oh, I do want to ask one more question before we go. Um, are you a bit, are you like a guy that's going to like search a guy, find his YouTube videos, find his fights? Uh, like, have you checked out Matt Lozano and, and what he has? Have you studied him? Honestly, I don't even know what the kid looks like. I don't know. I don't study film. You know, I uh, maybe it's something I should do. Maybe it's maybe it'll change in the near future. But I've never studied film. My coaches do that, and they tell me what I got to work on and what he does. And uh, I just kind of go out there and I try to execute my my game plan. I'm gonna try to like look for the game plan that he's gonna do. So no, I, I'm not something I do. He's coming off of two straight losses. Um... You know, as as someone who's not actually fighting and 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 like into sports and like typically, you know, losing three in a row is not something that happens a lot. Is that something that like you got to be, you know, someone who gets real focused when they've lost two in a row? Um, is that have you looked at that yeah, at all? There's a lot of pressure for me. You know, a lot of people look at it as you know, you know, this guy's lost two in a row. He's not on your level or whatever, but. You know, it's me. I mean, like you said, it looks like looks like a guy with his back against the wall. He's going to be dangerous. He's going to be looking to throw the kitchen sink at me and try to, you know, um, do whatever he can to get this W. Not not get that third L on his on his on his uh, record in a row. Um, and it gives a lot of pressure for me because if I do lose to him, it looks like I lost to a slump. You know, which is he's far from that so you know it, it gives a lot of pressure to me and it leaves him hungry so it's going to be an interesting yeah absolutely okay so november 3rd bellator 186 this is your promo uh your wwe style promo um it's <laughs> floor is yours brother all right 10 days from now pittsburgh this steel city this city that built America comes center state to Penn State University. We got Mike Wilkins. We got Francis Healy. We got Josh Friend. 
we got the honey badger Domizada. And we got none other than the fifth horseman, Chris Dempsey, on the card. You can expect fireworks. You can expect chokeholds. You can expect knockouts. But you can expect one thing. The honey badger is going to get the W. Ladies and gentlemen, Dominic Mazzotta. Thanks so much for joining us, Dom. All right, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dom. It's always such a good time talking to Dominic. Um, you know, he's he's just a really natural, really fun-loving, and and just a good guy to be around. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm becoming a fan of his um, his wrestling um, intros or promos. I shouldn't say intro, but his uh, his promo. His last one, I think, um, might be might be better just because it was more personalized might be better than his, uh, his macho man. Well, I, I think he's got, you know, Dom has got the right um, mindset that, you know, I want to stand up from the crowd. I want to be different. I'm not going to go for boring answers. I'm not going to go for um, just being a robot that, you know, he gets it. He gets that, those guys that stand out, those guys that are brash sometimes, those guys that make waves or, you know, stir up some uh, people, those are the ones that, that, that get it done. And so I appreciate him so much. And, uh, and you know, one of the things that I really liked is that when he and, and, and Ethan Goss were sparring together and they just went at it hard and, Mm-hmm. It was interesting how they're only five years apart, but there was like a, um, you know, Dominic kind of treated Ethan as like a instructor student relationship. He was kind of like working with him through things. He, he, he kind of had the upper hand in, in a lot of their, their sparring, um, particularly when they, when they were on the ground, uh, and so he would kind of work with them like, no, you don't do that. Or, and it was, it was very interesting to see how, you know, he just kind of, it's a guy he's like, you know, not only sparring with, but also like really helping out a lot. And, and, and I think mm-hmm. it's cool to, cool to watch that. So one of the things that I wanted to pull out of that, uh, that interview we did just did with him is his comment regarding, um, his opponent and he said he's never been a big video guy and he leaves that to his coaches and you know I found that interesting just because of you know the times that we live in now and and how much technology has um, become such a big part of training um, education in the sport better coaching um, being able to um, to get film on your opponents uh, for game pep preparation. And he said he leaves that to his coaches. He goes and he hones his craft and follows the that, advice of his coaches. Yeah, I think that might help him to not poison his mind with, like, yeah. any intimidation. You don't have to worry about being intimidated if you don't know much about your opponent, right? And so you just go in there with, like, hey, I, I know he's lost two in a row and he's going to be desperate and I got to be aware and, you know, that's a dangerous thing. When a guy's on two losses, he is desperate. You do not want to get that third loss in a row. You don't want to become that guy that loses more than he wins. And so, uh, 
So he's going to be desperate, and he's aware of that. He's cognizant of that. That's not something that he overlooks, and I think that's really important and, and really key. I'm really looking forward to this, this fight card. Um, and, and speaking of, one of the fights on this Bellator 186 card pits Ethan Goss, who we got to spend time with at uh, a training session, and he will be battling Andrew Salas in a fight that, um, you know, this is a, 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 a debut on the big stage for both of these guys, and we'll get to see what these two are really made of. One of the cool things is Ethan Goss will be joining us very shortly right here on MMA FanCast as we, uh, you know, kind of get into Bellator uh, 186. We're just 10 days away, and, and it's a great – uh, a very exciting card for those fans in Western Pennsylvania. Ethan Goss is uh, currently training out of Atlanta at Dignan Brumbaugh uh, MMA, which is in Gorilla House Gym. Altoona, and, Altoona. Did I, I say you said Atlanta? I said Atlanta. I believe you did, but that, that is very interesting because in my head I did have Altoona. But I may have said Atlanta. We'll have to uh, – I, I didn't think I did, but maybe I did. Um, but Ethan Goss showed us, you know, he's a, he's a young fighter, and uh, he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, he was, uh, he was pretty active for them, that, uh, that training session. And, you know, I'm not going to give it away, uh, but there he is. Speaking of – we were just talking about him. Speaking of Ethan Goss, he, I think he is joining us now. I don't have his, his picture up yet, but I see that he is up. There we go. Excellent. Ethan Goss, how are you today, brother? Can you hear us? We can see Ethan. However, I do not hear him, and I do not think he can hear us yet. Can you hear us, Ethan? Well, we got some uh, technical difficulties. He looks like he's trying to. There we go. I think we're good now. I can hear you. There we go. You can hear us, and we can hear you as well. How are you, Ethan? Good, good. I'm doing great. How are you? Very well, very well. We're uh, we're looking very much looking forward to uh, this. The, these fights at Bellator 186, and I know you are as well, making that making that uh, debut in Bellator. How are you? Uh, how's everything going with you? Uh, everything's great, man. Uh, I can't I couldn't ask for a better camp. Uh, I feel great. Um, I'm a, I'm in amazing shape right now. Uh, everything's going amazing. Great, man. Um, we got to spend some time with you up in Altoona. Uh, and we, we, you got to have some different sparring partners. You know, there were some guys uh, that were from Western PA that came up, and and you got to spend some time with Don Mazzotta and and spend some time with Francis Healy and those guys. How how was that? I mean, having that training experience where bringing in different guys and 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 bringing in uh, different experience levels and getting that all together. How much was that helpful with this camp? Oh man, that was, that was awesome. Uh, I got to train with Dom and, uh, Francis before, uh, about a year ago, actually. 
And uh, it was just great to have them there. And I trained under their coach, Isaac. I, I got to work with him before. Uh, it, it was amazing to have them there. I mean, Dom's a phenomenal fighter. I think we all know that. Francis is a phenomenal fighter. We all know that. And, and there was other guys uh, like Scott Dirksen and uh, some of the other guys from TCA that come in. And we went down there and trained with them before, too. And uh, just to have them all come to, come to my home gym, um, it, it was an amazing thing, and it, it was a great thing, and we'd like definitely want to do it again sometime. Yeah, speaking of your home gym, um, very not, you guys just moved into this new location at Gorilla House Gym, and a really, really nice gym. How's everything working out? How are you settling in there? Oh, it's, it's awesome. It, it just, like, it gives you a, a better vibe to even want to train, you know what I mean? Um, Everything, everything about it's just great, uh, and, and we have a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of old fighters that that have retired that are coming back, and uh, they like they they come back to help with me, and and they once they found out I was getting ready for Bellator and stuff like that. So, and now that we have this nice gym and this nice facility and stuff, uh, you know, more people are showing up, more people are interested. It's just it's a great atmosphere. I don't know what the old gym was like, but I, I'll tell you, um, I've been to a number of gyms and it, really a top-notch place there. Um, so I, I'm sure you guys are all excited about it. Um, as you're, you, you know, we're 10 days out from the fight. Where are you health-wise, weight-wise? Are you on track with everything? Um, everything going well? No, no, nothing major as far as, you know, injury goes? No, I mean, I mean, you got your little nicks and bumps and bruises and stuff, which which is a given. Uh, you never go into a fight without them. But uh, I mean, weight wise, uh, I think I'm sitting pretty good. I'm sitting a little over ten pounds over right now, uh, which is which is nice. Uh, we'll probably by next week, by next Tuesday, by next Wednesday, I'll be down within five pounds, I imagine. Um, but uh, yeah, the weight or the weight cut's going good. Um, you know, everything's going good so far. Have you fought exclusively at, at featherweight? Yeah, ma majority of my career was at featherweight um, ever since I was an amateur. Uh, I had one fight at lightweight. That was as an amateur. That was for the uh, Gladiators of the Cage Lightweight Championship. And uh, I had two fights at bantamweight when I first turned pro, which that was a big mistake on my part that was too much of a weight cut yeah so with you what do you walk around at um when you're not in camp uh usually about 170 right around that uh so it's about a 25 pound cut to make featherweight um which i, I mean i was walking around 170 when i made the cut to uh, 135 and uh, it was just it was too much that's anthony johnson type weight cut there <laughs> When he was fighting Walter Waite and probably walking over 210. Yeah, that's, that's too much. Um, so talk to me about your background. Um, how did you get into the fight game, into the sport? And, you know, this is um, – you're going to be seen by so many more eyeballs at, at this point than, than previously. Um, introduce yourself to these people. What, what, what can they – where do you come from, and what can they, uh, the, our viewers, expect to see come uh, November third? 
Uh, really, I, I wrestled my entire life. Um, I it's pretty much since I was in first grade, I got into wrestling, and uh, you know I was always decent at it. I was good at it. Um, so from there, it, it always kind of sparked an interest in, in the grappling aspect. But uh, once I first seen the, the ultimate fighting and and how it was done and all that stuff that happened, I mean, it was just one of those things where, where I had to, it was, it was destined to give it a try, you know what I mean? And uh, I ended up waiting until I was about 20 years old until I started training seriously. I, t I trained a couple of times when I was 18. Uh, at, over in State College, it's Jim and State College, but uh, from there on, I mean, when I turned about 20, stuff kind of wasn't going my way in life, you know what I mean? I mean, everyone hits a hard patch in life, stuff kind of wasn't going my way. Uh, I lost my job, didn't have any money and, and all that stuff, and, uh, you know, I decided that now's the time to take a shot. Um, at the end of the day, you chase the dream, you, you don't chase the money, so. Yeah. Absolutely. And that'll, that'll also, uh, you know, leave you not looking back and having doubts on, on things. Ethan, are you, do you, do you currently have a, a, a job or are you able to um, just fight? No, I, I currently have a job. I work, I work 40 hours a week. Uh, I'm a heavy equipment operator and uh, a foreman for a company out of Huntington PA called DT Goodman's. Um, my father owned his own ex owns his own excavating business. So I grew up, um, running equipment and, and doing all that fun stuff. Uh, so, ever since I was a kid, I think it was like four or five years old when I was so you're first playing, starting that. You're playing with Tonka trucks, giant Tonka trucks. <laughs> pretty much. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty real Tonka trucks. Yeah. yeah That's awesome. I, I, you, they have those like, so they have those like um amusement parks that are like trucks now like yeah. ex excavation amusement parks like i do want to do that yeah. someday. I'll, I'll just have to hang out with ethan yeah I, I did see some of them online and stuff before they look pretty good yeah so how does <laughs> i can um, teach you a few things how to pull some labor <laughs> there's hey if just in case um there is a bit of a delay um, so if we're jumping on top of you when you're trying to talk, we apologize. There's a, like a five second delay. It seems like go ahead, Jim. Yeah. I, I kind of pick it up on my end too. Okay. Good. I was just curious, you know, with, um, you know, working a full-time job, it's, it's got to, you know, make it difficult. I'm just assuming here, but you know, for a fight camp, once you've, you know, got an opponent set up, um, and you know, your eyes are set towards that goal how does you know how does it affect your work or does work affect um your fight camp do you scale back at all I mean, what does that look like um you, you know the company i work for they're, they're really really cool and they're really laid back with it um they know uh and i told them that when i first came to work for them they know fighting comes first um as bad as it may sound to other people and, and as bad as some people might not like it or might not think fighting comes first um, if I got to miss work to, uh, to, to, to cut weight or do any of that stuff, then, then that's what I do. Um, for me, it really is. I mean, it's like I said, it's about chasing a dream. So, and I, I just, I have to put fighting first in my life. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff you put it in front of family, friends, 
I mean, it's the most selfish sport there is in the world, in my opinion. Um, but my, like I said, my company's really laid back with it and stuff and, and they treat me pretty well, but, uh, they know that, uh, I'm done at four o'clock and I'm on my way to the gym. And, uh, if I'm working out of town or an hour away or something, then I leave a little bit early to make sure that I'm at the gym. Yeah. So, so you have, uh, this, this fight and, and we, we talked to you when we were, um, in Altoona and you said, you know, it really doesn't feel different. It's, you know, another fight ahead of me and I got to go in there and, and do my thing. Um, I'm assuming that's still the case. And if so, um, you know, you, you have Andrew Salas. He's, he, I see he's three and one and, um, you know, have you had, are you the type of guy that's you've checked out his YouTube, you've, you've checked out his fights or you just kind of have your coaches do that and, and, and let you know what you need to look for. Um, yeah, we do a little bit of digging. I don't like to get too much into it though. Cause I, I don't, I don't like to psych myself out and sit here and watch and watch and watch and, and think of this or think of that. So I watch it a little bit. Uh, you know what? We, we, we game plan, we train and uh, we watch a little bit more. We game plan, we train. Um, my coach, uh, Jason Dignan and Cody Carlheim and Byron Roomball, those guys all have done an amazing job with, uh, with setting up a game plan and stuff for this fight. But the, the biggest the biggest thing we want to do in this fight is be exciting. Um, to, so that's, that's what we're aiming for. That's what we're going for. Uh, because if we're exciting, you know, maybe we can turn some heads and open some eyes. Because in this day and age, you've got to do something that hasn't been done before to get recognized, to get noticed. And, uh, that's, that's hard to do. And, uh, I'm come November 3rd. That's what we plan on doing. Yeah. Have you, have you happened to check out, uh, Andrew Salas's tapology page? That's, that's one site that I haven't looked Well, at. so, so check, so when you get a chance, check it out. It's a very funny, oh, well, I, I don't I'm not like I'm making fun of him, but he looks a little like the missing link in this picture. So um, it, it's something worth checking out. Um, so facing a guy that you know very little about, um, obviously you're, you have a little more experience than him with, you know, as far as professional fights go. Um, and you have a pretty good training camp with a lot of different looks and, and fighters and, and things like that. Um, have you had, has there been any difference with this camp than what you normally face? Um, and have you, have you prepared yourself any differently with the big stage and the, you know, being in state college again with this big crowd and this is like a home home crowd for you because you're you're from very close to the area has this been any different at all um it's been harder and when i say harder i mean we push harder right you know we train harder and, and uh, even when you didn't think and, and but the push is amazing and that, that's kind of what i thrive for really I, I love going to practice and i love almost trembling when it's over i mean being work so hard that you just you feel like it like your body doesn't have any more to give. And then you go home, you rest, and you come back and you do it again the next day. Um, but really, that's that's about the only difference. Uh, other than more people, we've, we've had more more people coming in. Um, I've unfortunately in the past, I've, I have only had like one or two guys to really work with. 
to get ready for fights. But uh, this fight here, we got, we got more people coming in, more people interested in the show, and more people wanting to come come be a part of this. That's great. Yeah, and and so has that demand for tickets. I mean, you have a sponsor link. Um, would you like to share that? Um, how can people get tickets um, through your uh, your sponsor link? Uh, yeah, all you have to do is go to Ticketmaster.com, uh, go under the Bellator event, and uh, type GOSS in all caps into the offer code box. And uh, whatever tickets you choose will uh, will be credited to me for them. Um, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I, I sold out of my paper tickets that they sent me within two weeks. I mean, two or three weeks, I think it was. So uh, I, I think we're selling pretty good. Yeah, how many how many pay, how many physical tickets did you get sent? Uh, I asked for a hundred, and they only sent me fifty. And once I did some digging and stuff, I found out that they only send you fifty at a time. Now Bellator is doing something that I've never heard of before, and and uh, I've never seen before. But they uh, the, whatever tickets you don't sell, paper ticket wise. So if I ask for seventy five and I only sell fifty that other 25 tickets I have to pay for out of my pocket, which comes mm -hmm. out of my purse. So therefore, if you're not smart about how you're doing it, I mean, you could end up paying Bellator to fight for them. Yeah. So is, is your, what do you have to sell? Uh, what are you on the hook for? Are you on the hook for 50? I mean, uh, with uh, bare minimum. Now, the, there, there, there originally was supposed to be a bare minimum seventy-five, and that was supposed to be in a contract. But they did away with that. There isn't a bare minimum. Now we're still shooting for seventy-five, and I'm still talking to the local matchmaker that dealt with them and stuff. And uh, I know we're right around. We're right at seventy-five, right around so far. Um, but I've, I've, with given the right amount of time, like uh, probably two months. At best, I know when I fought in Altoona, which is which is basically a, a hometown fight for me too. The last show I fought in Altoona, I sold 200 tickets for it. Great, that's awesome. Do you? Let me ask you this: Do you watch, or did you grow up watching any um, WWE, WWF, um, as a part of your childhood at all, or even now? <laughs> yeah, I was actually just watching SmackDown right before I, I called in for this interview here. I still watch it. Um, I, I was a huge fan when I was a kid, man. Uh, always loved because I grew up in the Stone Cold era and stuff and the Rock era and the Attitude era. And, uh, I was a huge fan when I was a kid. And then that was really where the spark, I should say, come from. That's where I, I wanted to start wrestling from. And, uh, and I still watch it from time to time. If I'm sitting down in the evening not doing much and it's on, I'll, I'll flip it on and watch it. Yeah, when 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 wrestling's good, it's really good. Like back in the Stone Cold era, it was really good. Um, now it's all right, uh, but hopefully it'll hit a hit a peak again. So that leads to my um, my final question, and that is, um, you have a a fight coming up on November third. That if you were a pro wrestler, you'd be in full promotion. Um, you'd be given a promo with Mean Gene Okerlund or something, and and that would be you'd be getting you know promoting your fight. So, and I just had Dom do this. He 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 does it every time. 
if you're comfortable, would you be willing to do a WWE style promo for your fight coming up with Andrew Salas? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, that sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. So, so it's I'll just let you you take it away. You can pr- go ahead and uh, uh, promote your fight with 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 Andrew. Andrew Salas, this is Ethan Goss, and I will be coming for you November third. You better be there. I will be there. Come for your whooping. It's time for me to shine inside that Bellator cage. Awesome. November 3rd, Bellator on Spike Television from State College, Pennsylvania. Ladies and gentlemen, we were joined by Ethan Goss. Uh, Thank you, Ethan, so much for joining us. Thanks, Ethan. Hey, thank you guys for the opportunity, man. I, I, I'm honored. I really appreciate this. Uh, you guys are great people, and I, I enjoy your enjoy your blogs and enjoy your shows. We enjoy it. We're really looking forward to seeing you on November 3rd on Spike TV, uh, Bellator 186. Yeah, he's uh, – Ethan, what a good guy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing him fight and seeing – how he reacts to, I, I mean, he says, you know, he's not really treated this much different or it's, it hasn't affected him. He, he mentioned it being harder because of the, you know, people and tickets and stuff like that. But I think, I, I think it's going to feel different. I think it's inevitable to feel different being in such a diff, like a large arena with, I know that, it, you know, he's on the undercard and the, it's not going to be packed yet, but I think out of college campus, I think that there will be more fans in the stands for an undercard than there typically is for a casino or a, you know, a, a, a normal venue. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, you know, in general, you, you and I have been to uh, a number of MMA events and it's always a, a late arriving crowd. Um, but I think with this one being in a college town, it's going to make a difference. And, you know, this is, this is an event. Um, and, you know, people are going to want to go to it just because it's on campus and, and be a part of the crowd there. So I, I think that alone is going to be a draw um, for, for what I would call maybe less than casual fans, um, including the casual fans. Yeah, I think there will be a buzz to just like, oh, this is cool. This is something different to do. And and it's a big show coming into town, you know, like, oh, you know, fraternities are going to learn about, oh, yeah, let's go. To the fight. I, I think it'll be a late. I don't know what ticket sales are like. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I would assume that there's plenty of tickets available. However, I think that it's going to get a buzz late. It'll be something cool to do, something different. And uh, I think. You know, I'd love to see it sell out. Yeah, I'm pulling. Uh, I'm pulling for Bellator on this one um, for a couple reasons. Uh, I think uh, Musasi's um, debut on Bellator didn't go as well as they had expected. Um, I think it uh, drew well, less we, than we know it didn't go well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, as far as uh, viewership, okay. Yeah, I think it was less than five hundred thousand. Um, so. You know, pulling for Bellator in that respect, that I, I, you know, I'd like to see a, a bigger um, crowd, you know, sitting on the couch or at the bars or restaurants and watching this, and then to have a successful, exciting card 
at State College, and then maybe this becomes a staple for Bellator. It's it's a draw. They know that they're going to get a large live gate, you know, heavy attendance, something they can count on. You know, this maybe, is basically our backyard. Maybe even, you know, even just hit up some, you know, college campuses. You know, if this is a success, who's to say that, you know, there aren't that going to some college campuses aren't a new wave to get your, yeah. I mean, it's something the UFC is not doing. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. And so, you know, maybe that this opens up a new door for them. I would assume if it's, you know, wildly successful that, you know, UFC would jump right on that and think, why why didn't we think of that before? Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'm certainly pulling for it. It's a, it's a, it's a great card. Um, I don't know about a great card. It's it, it's a great card for, um, for, for local, local fans. Yeah. And I, I mean, I look at the I look at the top of the card. And it looks, I mean, it, it's a nice card. I would like to see. I, I would like to see. Um, there's a couple matches on here that don't make a lot of sense to me, but there's also a lot of good quality fights and so we're looking forward to it i'll pull for bellator on this and um yeah that that's just we're 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 already over our time sahara we had some great interviews today and so glad we were joined uh by dominic mazada and ethan goss we thank those guys and uh just really appreciate um their their time and and their their work in the in the in the wrestling room and the and the MMA gyms and inviting us out to come to their uh, training session was cool too. So very appreciative of that. Um, so yeah, tune into Bellator 186 on Spike TV, November 3rd. That's a Friday night, November 3rd, live from State College, PA. And that'll uh, wrap us up for the night. On behalf of Jim Saharamuni, this is Ryan Middleton signing off, saying thank you and God bless.